We are on a journey today, and I want to make sure I stay on time and we get out of here and let you go home. I want to uh, get you to repeat the top with me, please. Say, changing my bad side. We're in a study of what I call courageous conversations. And these courageous conversations bring us to topics that we need to look at with courage and confidence. We spent several months, a couple of months, talking about the importance of just talking about stuff that's wrong. But I said, once you talk, you have to get to the place where you're not just talking, you are changing. So we move from courageous just conversations to now we're talking about courageous change. And one of the things you have to do in change is you have to, as I said on a few weeks ago, is you have to do research. And so if you'll notice, to me, that's where it all starts. It's in the research, looking at what's in, going on in my life, what's going on around me. If you have a company, what's going on in your business? When you analyze it, like Nehemiah, like, I'm sorry, like Nicodemus did in, Joshua chap, in John chapter 3, he went to Jesus and he was researching, how do you do what you do? How do you make these miracles happen? What in the world? You must be something special. Jesus' response to him was, yeah, that's true, but let me give you some advice. If you really want change to happen in your life, you've got to be willing to start over. Be born again, John chapter 3, verse 3. That, that response was new for this guy. He's a spiritual leader, Nicodemus was. And so for Jesus to look at him and say, hey, you need to start over again was a little bit odd. But then Jesus went further and said, please understand, none of that's going to work if you don't believe. There's something about believing. And so in John chapter 3, verse 14 through 16, he talks about the importance of believing. And he, it ends with that great verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. He said that to Nicodemus. There's something about being clear. The change happens when you're willing to believe. But belief doesn't happen until you're exposed. How can you believe in something you've never seen? And so I gave you three things in the next sermon that talked about three things you need to happen in your life, three things that impact your life in regards to change. And all these things are hard. If you don't put these things in place, it doesn't work. Three things you need. Ready? Say exposure. exposure. Come on, say exposure. exposure. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. And decisions. decisions. Those three things affect everything. He was exposing Nicodemus to something, a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at life. But then he had to decide, am I willing to make the sacrifices to make that happen? A lot of people are exposed, but they're not willing to make the sacrifice. They like seeing things talking about things, dreaming about things. These college students, you, what do you want to be? You want to be a lawyer or an engineer or whatever. And that's easy to say. But are you willing to make the sacrifice? And the only way you can make the sacrifice is you make a decision. I've decided not to go out and play right now. I've decided to focus my attention. It's really hard for people sometimes when you can't come out to play. But you made a decision that you want to sacrifice to reach some things you've been exposed to. So we talked about that on last week. Now we're going to talk about something else. Something that's really difficult and it's really just one of those things that Paul talked about a lot in Romans chapter 7. Paul talked about a challenge he had. It's one of the most honest places in the Bible because Paul says, I have issues. 
I have, big, I have bad issues, I have problems, I have weaknesses. And in Romans chapter 7, he went through a lot of discussion, and I almost spent a lot of time there. And I thought, no, it's too much time. I want to do something different. I'll do it another time. But I've, I've done that in the past. Now I just want to give you one verse. Just two verses that just says it all. Romans chapter 8. So let me set the stage. You ready? Romans chapter 7, Paul says, Since forever before me, I've got all kinds of issues. And he says, who can deliver me from my issues? Who can deliver me from my weaknesses? When I want to do good, I do bad. You ever been there before? You, you look up and you, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I made that decision. And so now Paul in chapter 8, after talking about how troubled he was, at the end of chapter 7, by the way, let me say this real quick. He, he makes a comment that was really interesting. He said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who's going to deliver me from all my issues? And then I had a professor who used to love to say, Christ. <laughs> he said that with such authority. Christ is the one who will deliver us from this life. And therefore, in chapter 8, verse 1, it starts out, there is therefore because of Christ no condemnation, no guilt. Because of his sacrifice for me, I can be free. And so there's this wonderful conversation. But then Paul reminds everybody in Romans chapter 8. Now join me, if you would please, verse 7. He shows us what we must face about ourselves if we're ever really going to change. And here's what he says. The carnal mind is enmity against God. The word enmity means hostile. Basically, he says, my carnal mind is hostile towards God. In other words, God and I have an issue. He's going back to talk about his struggles from chapter 7. He says, let me just close this and say, I want you to be clear. Even though Christ died and Christ has given me a way to be free and I don't have a reason to feel condemned anymore because of Christ's sacrifice, I still have issues. I have a dark side. It's my carnal mind. And my carnal mind tends to fight against God. Because the carnal mind is enmity or hot, or, or, or hostile towards God or hot against God or angry towards God. It is not subject. Read this with me, please. Come on. It is not what? Subject to the law of God. Now, we're talking about my mind. Please be clear. It's not subject to the law of God. No, this is so important here. Don't, don't miss this part. Nor indeed can be. Nor indeed can be. On my own, it just doesn't work out. I can go to self-help groups, I can read books, I can do all I want. But trying to serve God on my own, I tend to fail. I'm, I'm just not consistent. I love the way he says it in chapter 3. Paul says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which means you just can't get it right. You do good for a while, you're on your tippy toes, I call it, but then you fall down. You start out right, and then, you know, sometimes preachers make, make you feel bad too. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah you're, you're bad. Go, oh, I got to be good. <laughs> so some of you are in church today to be good. I'm good today. I went to church. <laughs> There's, you know, God loves me today. You know, I was in church. So I was at church. God, I'm watching church. Some of you are streaming. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching church. Give me some credit, Pastor Ray. We're glad you're with us. But understand that no matter whether you're in church, watching church, go to church, pass by church, you still have a carnal mind. And here's what he says. Your carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh, here's, here's the horrible part. You just never please God. Now, I put that in four simple statements to kind of make it clear for you. The first thing he says is my mind has issues. I have, I have a carnal mind that is hostile towards God. Secondly, he says my nature has issues. Watch this now. I am naturally, I, I am naturally, sub, not, I'm naturally not subject to God. I tend to not yield to him. Number three, my ability has issues. I am not able. 
Now, that's really scary. Even if I want to. That's why Romans chapter 7 is a great thing to read on your own in a, in a modern translation. Even if I wanted to. I, I don't do, I, I'm not consistent. I'm, I'm not able on my own to do this. Now, this can sound pretty hopeless, but it's not if you hang with me for a minute. Number four, you know how I can tell I got issues? My results. Man, my results always fall short of God's glory. And that's why John 15 comes in, and it's so important because Jesus talked about this. Jesus told the disciples, listen, guys, you must abide in me and I in you as the branch, think of a branch of a tree, right, cannot bear fruit of itself. If you take the branch from the tree, the branch dies. Unless it, the branch, abides in the vine, neither, neither can you unless you do what? Abide in me. And I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do what? Nothing. Now, please understand, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch, withers away, dies, is burned, is of no value. Now, here's the important thing to understand. Most people, when they read this, they'll think, oh, I'm abiding in Jesus. You know how I know? Because I sing in the choir. That's not abiding in Jesus. It's not abiding in God. Abiding in God's not giving money. Abiding in God's not coming to church. Abiding in God's not streaming in. It's not. It's more to it than that. It's called relationship. There's something about being clear that it's all about relationship. How good is that for you? Where is your relationship? Not your church attendance. I mean, I hope you come. I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great that you give. That's great. But that's not, that's not a sign of relationship. You know, you can go by the gym. You can go in the gym. You can stand in the gym. But you are not in shape because you're inside the gym. <laughs> it's the relationship with them barbells. <laughs> it's the walking. It's the steps you take. It's the, it's the crunches. Oh, man, the leg lifts. Good God, buddy. It's that push. It's what you don't eat. It's saying no more. Stop. It was good, but stop right here. This is it. Drawing a line for yourself. It's, it's having a commitment to God and in a relationship that makes the difference. And we really confuse that these days. We think religious actions, and those are good. It's good to do nice religious things. It's good to do things for people. But I need to know the difference between being in a relationship with my wife and dating my wife. Being in a relationship where we can communicate and talk through issues and live together. That's why some of you have trouble in marriage because you don't like relationships. You want to just have somebody around. Relationship demands things. You got to talk. You got to share information. You got to share problems. You got to work through things together. There's something really powerful about understanding that some of us not only when it comes to God do we have trouble having a relationship. We have trouble having a relationship with people. But Jesus said, be clear, if you don't have a relationship with me, you're not going to get there. So the question is, what do I do then, Pastor? Well, here you go. Here's how you change. After you do your research, right, after you say, okay, I, I'm willing to start over again, I believe, I'm, I'm there, okay, I've been exposed to this, I'm willing to make the sacrifice, I'm making a decision, Pastor, here's what I do. Here's what you do, you ready? Very simple. Say yes. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, here's, here, here's, here's, what, here's what the Bible says in verse 12. You say yes, and that's the starting, that's the start for change in your life. Verse 12, Romans chapter 8. Brethren, we are debtors, 
Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. I don't owe anything to my old nature. I don't have to be the way I used to be. I'm not in debt to that. I don't have to live according to the flesh, to my old whims and wishes and compassions. For if you live, here's the promise. If I live according to the flesh, my old drives and passions, eventually it dies. The marriage dies. The life dies. The money dies. It just dies. The church dies. It just all falls apart. But here's the question. If, if, I, if I buy the spirit, if I live by the spirit, you see, but if I buy the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, then you'll live. Can I just say something as a sidebar? I didn't say this in the other service, but some people think if you, that means if you, don't, if you fast, right, if you stop eating. I'm for fasting. I'm not against it. If you know what you're doing and you have a doctor tell you you can do it and you're healthy enough to do it. I ask the people who hurt themselves really bad, fasting unwisely. Some died that I know. That's the truth. I know some in the grave today who didn't do right. I sadly say that. People I love dearly. But I say, that's not what this is talking about. For some of you, that's easy, not eating. Cutting off the internet is another whole thing. Not talking so much is a hard thing. You mean the fast words. Fast attitude. Take a whole week with no attitude. That'd be a tough fast for you. Can't be and can't be angry with anybody for the whole week, <laughs> no matter what they do. For some of you, you can you can go without food, but you can't go without cussing. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You can't. No cuss words for the whole week. There's no cuss words. Every time I cuss, I gotta pay hundred dollars. I gotta pay hundred dollars. Every word, hundred dollars. So I, the, the church income will go up if I do that for some people. <laughs> Not you, just some people. Yeah. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. We're talking about you coming, saying yes to the Spirit, no to the flesh. That's how you change. For as many as are led by the Spirit, that's the Son of God in action. People who allow the Holy Spirit to guide them. So you, if you want to change your life, you want to overcome the dark side of your life, it starts with yes and no. Can we say it? Please say yes. No. It starts with yes and no. That's where it starts. Now, here's, here's, here's something that I'm going to do that's interesting. I'm switching. I'm going to step out of the Bible for just a minute and, and lead you to a couple of sources. And these are secular sources. Uh, one is a book that I love. Uh, when I was studying this, I thought, I need, to, I need to make the point, but I need to take them to a book that helped me years ago. It's called Overcoming the Dark Side. It's about a guy named Gary McIntosh, great writer, by the way. Rima, another great writer, and Samuel. These guys wrote this wonderful book, and in this book, they talked about how people in leadership can overcome the dark side. And it has a lot of church inferences in it, and it's really a good, good, good read. And, and I, what I want to do is take you on a journey, and I want to show you some things they said that I thought was, fa- was fascinating. Because here's what tends to happen. When you talk in, in a church... People go, okay, I heard you. That was great. I got to listen to the Spirit. And so they think that means this. Okay, I got to listen. Listen to what, what the Holy Ghost is saying. What the, and that, that's, what they, and that's all they hear. They, they, that's, if you ask them to explain what it means to listen to the Spirit, they'll go, this is it right here. <laughs> what is God saying? You know, it's, it's so I, sometimes people like that, just, I hate to say get on my nerve, but they do. And I, and I say, could you, could you just talk to me? The Lord told me to tell you that you need, okay, stop, 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 stop. I'm not against that, 
I, I'm for prophecy. I believe in that. But a lot of times, I think people get lost because they don't know how to practically apply what you're saying. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't know what they, okay, okay, so uh, I need to close my eyes and squint real tight and kind of lean in and wait for a voice to tell me, go work because you need money. <laughs> you can just read that in the Bible, Proverbs 6. You know, you don't, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, they don't, they can't make the practical leap. That they, they, can't, they can't, if you ask them to explain to you. So that's why I, I chose this book because I said, he gives some practical answers. So here we go, you ready? He, first of all, the first thing I love about it is he defines the dark side for us. Here's what he says. He said, it is the inner urges, compulsions, and dysfunctions of our personality. There you go. That often go unexamined or remain unknown to us until we experience an emotional explosion. It's not until you got married and you saw that they spent more than you expected and then you explode. Then you know, oh, I can get really angry. Oh, boy, I didn't know. This is true. <laughs> marriage, friendships, relationships, not just marriage, anything where you're close to people, it, it can really affect you. It teaches you about you. And that's really God's purpose. He's like, oh, good. Did you see that? You see that? Look at that. You've been mad all week. Good. See, you really are a mess. I told you. You're not subject to God. You're, you're not in good shape. And I love the book because he says we all have dysfunctions. There's something wrong with you. Watch, watch how hard this is. Look at your neighbor. Say, there is something wrong with me. See, I didn't say you. See, you wanted me to tell you. You wanted me to turn it on, right? But no, no, I said me. And some of you wouldn't say it. You refuse to say it. Something is wrong with you. That's what he, that's what he says. He says there's a dark side that's dysfunctional. Now, there's this, there's this pyramid. Ignore the pyramid for now. And I'm going to go down to number two for a minute. I'll come back to the pyramid in a second. The second thing he teaches in this book is you must realize that every leader fights a dark side. I'm not going to read all that for you that I put there, but you read it on your own in your notes there. But every leader suffers from some degree of personal dysfunction. Sometimes that's what makes a leader great. Something's wrong with him. He got a tick. He got something on him, you know. And that's what drives him. Their stories are phenomenal when you get close upon them. Some of the greatest singers are some of the craziest people. When you get to know them, I'm telling you, no, no, listen. I am not making this up. Christina's cracking up back there. She said, this is truth. When you get to know them, it's scary. Boy, you can sing, but you're out of your mind. Absolutely, girl, you are crazy. I mean, we've had them here. We've had the great people on the stage. Off the stage, they're off the rocker. Not all of them. So who are you talking about? None of your business. But I'm telling you. I don't you. What did you say? What? And the reason they sing so well, because they sing from a place of pain and a place of dysfunction and a place where they're trying. Just like comedians who are the funniest, sometimes they're guys who've had the worst lives. Sometimes the business guys who are the driven guys, they were broke. And once they got past being broke, they said, I'll never be broke again. They'll 
man steal your money, step on what he has to do. I'm never going to be broke like that again. Pain. And I love the fact that I put in the parentheses for you, even parents, leaders who are parents, you beat your children because you'll not be like I was. And they little people look just like you. You know, you see it. You see yourself all in there. <laughs> and it scares you. They got your attitude. They got your hair. They got your, they got your moves. And, and you taught them everything they know. You act like they were raised in somebody else's house. No, they were raised in your house. <laughs> they saw you talking to your husband like that. They saw you. They heard you with your attitude. He crazy. Come up and he'll tell me what to do. <laughs> he is not. The, I'll show him. He better not sleep tonight. He better keep one eye open. And the little girl be coming behind and say, he better not go to sleep at night. He better not. And you wonder why she beating up kids at nursery school. <laughs> Teacher come to you and say, you know, she threatened the little boy. She told him, don't go to sleep no nap time. That's what she told him. <laughs> and you wonder where it came from. Really? Think about that for a second. I love this. I love the honesty in this book. Then, then if you look, the third thing he says is, you must remember, this is so important, you must remember the dark side, dark side develops over time. The development of the dark side has been a lifetime in the making, despite the fact that the assault by these powerful emotions, compulsions, and dysfunctions can be sudden. In other words, it comes on you all of a sudden, but it's been building for a lifetime. Surely you know that. You're not just mad at 50 for no reason. It's been building. The reason you can't focus on a relationship is not because of something sudden. It's because of habits and the dark side that's been developing in your life over the years. The question is, what is that? See, that's where, that's where the church kind of falls off because everybody, as he says in the next point here, everybody fights some missing block in their pyramid. Now, let's talk about the pyramid now. But everybody misses it. Everybody has something missing. Now, if you take in psychology, you heard of this guy. He's a guy from New York. His name is Abraham Maslow, and he had this, this, this way of summarizing human need. And he basically says that anybody who doesn't have certain five things in their life will show signs of a, what he calls in this book a dark side. That if those things aren't present, that drives your behavior. See, this is where I'm trying to help you. Okay, you understand what the Bible says about the flesh and the spirit and what to say no to, but a lot of times you can't identify it. So you hear the sermon, you go, yeah, yeah, I hear you, right, amen, but you don't really know what to do next. So what I'm going to do is take a little psychology trip, okay, hang with me, it's okay, you'll live through this. And I want to show you, if I can, Maslow's five essential needs that must be met. Now, as I said, religious people often miss this, because what we do is we talk in riddles. You just need the Holy Spirit to come into your life and transform your life so that you can feel the Holy Ghost quicken and change your life forever. I don't know what you just said. I don't understand anything. Prophetically, when the anointing comes upon you, you feel the presence of the Shekinah glory of God that comes down. Are you with me, church? No! I don't know what you're saying. Using them Greek, Hebrew, whatever you're saying, man. I'm talking English. Oh, y'all don't get what I'm saying. That's right. We don't get what you're saying. <laughs> Didn't ask for a big offering after that. You know, we can give you a dollar, confused offering. That's what you're trying to get. We don't know what you said. 
Come on, say amen if you hear what I'm saying to you. Here's, here's what's interesting. I love when it's simple. Here's what Maslow said. The people love this. That was a tremendously simple way. Everybody has physiological needs. Hunger, thirst, sexual frustrations, fatigue, illness. See, a Christian wouldn't even put that in there. A Christian wouldn't put sexual frustration in there. They leave that out. Oh, don't put that in there. Don't say that. Don't say, don't say that. Don't admit that. Don't admit that. Act holy. I don't know nothing about that need. I'm fine. I'm so, I just, I'm, hallelujah. <laughs> Make you lie to yourself. You lie to people, too. A couple, married couple came home right after their honeymoon. And, you know, they said, well, how was your honeymoon? Oh, God moved. It was a spiritual. <laughs> he prayed, talked to God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how the devil traps you because you're not honest. You got a fire burning it's out of control. You need to admit that. Okay. Point your hands at me. Say, help him, help him, help him. Help him. Come on, come on. I need help. Point your hands. You better pray. You better pray fast. I'm thinking about saying something. I don't know. I better pray, <laughs> better pray hard. <laughs> Keep pointing. It's on me strong. It's on me strong. <laughs> You want me to say it, then you're going to run. I'm the one on tape. You ain't on tape. I'm the one on tape. It's, it's, a, it's a real issue. For you married people, why do you let that be an issue for you? Help me understand this. If you're a single person, face the truth about yourself. yourself. This is an issue for me. I'm out of control. I'm not, I'm, but understand... I love the fact that it's admit it's a need. Admit, admit, there's, admit there's something I need to work through in this area of my life. In the next one, safety needs. I could have said more, but I stopped. Safety needs. Insecurity, sense of loss, fear, obsession, compulsion. Can you relate to any of those? Love needs, self-consciousness. You know, just feeling... Um, insecure. Have you ever been there? You know, I had a chipped tooth when I was a kid, you know, right here. And for a long time it was chipped and, I, you know, you always, yeah, what's going on, man? Everything's fine. You know what I'm saying? You know? Self-conscious. Now I smile with brightness. But when you are self-conscious of your size, self-conscious of your feet, self-conscious of your hands, self-conscious of your eyes, education, carrying the sense of I'm not enough, what does it feel like to always feel like I'm not enough? Feeling unwanted, boy, emptiness, loneliness, isolation, incompleteness. Wow. Physiological needs, safety needs, love needs, esteem needs. Feelings of incompetence, negativism, feelings of inferiority. The things you have to hear people say to you. Are you slow? Are you slow? Are you slow? Are you that dumb? Really? That's how you lead. That's how you parent. That's how you encourage the people on your job who don't get the work but trying. You have been on a new job and you can't get it? And then self-actualization. 
This feeling of alienation, he says, boredom. You know, routine living can be so hard. Just the routine. I told the pastor the other day, I said, listen, man, every day is not a miracle day. Some days you just get up and you go and count the offering and you go on, you know, just uh, you go to the hospital. Every day, is, some days are boring. Success is tied to boredom. If you can't manage boredom, you never really self-actualize. You got you to come to this place where you understand that's part of my journey. Limited activity. Absence of meaning in life. Does any of that describe you? And here's what he says. If these needs are not met, people often migrate in dark ways. And some of you could say, I'm number two, number three, I'm number four, I'm number, I'm number one, two, three, four, and five most days, Pastor Ray. And so here's what I want to do. I want to first admit where my flesh is struggling and, hear me now, why? My self-esteem is uh, driven to act in ways that are unhealthy for me because I was not supported as a person. My problem is I was always struggling with my basic needs, hunger. I was always, we always were broke. We're always struggling. That's why I tend to be this way. I don't feel safe. I'm quick to not feel safe. Because everybody that I trusted betrayed me, or at least the main people in my life. A simple fact that when your dad is not present, the fact that daddy leaves, the fact that dad's not there, the simple fact, I, I, can, I can tell you how I can wipe Diane out. I can say something to her and destroy all of her faith, all of her hope. I am not taking care of you, and I am not here for you to be relying on me. You make your own way, okay? And you, you, you used to look good, but look at you now. Oh, I ain't done yet. I can destroy her. She can destroy me. Call yourself a preacher. I know some better preachers than you any day of the week. Don't be laughing. What y'all laughing at? Wait a minute. <laughs> you didn't laugh on her part. You got all serious. Giggling on mine, uh-huh. But she can wipe me out, man. She can, she can say words to me. And I felt my need won't be met. And you'll see me acting differently. You'll see the tension. you feel it. You won't know what it is. Just smell it. You ever say, what is that? Is that like it is in your house? I can't tell, but... Get near your family. I can. Something is happening in this house, in this relationship. Something's happening in this business. Something's happening. And it's because the staff don't have their needs met. They come here, they, their identity is destroyed for the company. They're, 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 they're crushed and they don't feel safe. Am I going to be fired today? The dark side. Is real, but you must say no to that. Even though these needs weren't met, God's going to help me get past this, and I would not be controlled by this. I'm going to say yes to the Holy Spirit and watch Him change and bless my life. Do you believe that? Come on, give God a big hand. Father, today we thank you for this study. We close next week with one more study on this topic as we talk about things that are hard for us to know. 
There are things about us sometimes that are just hard to know. But Jesus had an answer for that. He said, there are many things I desire to say unto you, but I can't say them right now. But Lord, he shows us a pathway to fix our dark side. He shows us how to lift ourselves to a new place. So Father, I come to you thanking you for this part of our study. And we leave believing that you can transform our lives and believing that we can be different. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today after hearing this message these last 32 minutes, you'd say, Pastor, I realize that what I need is a transformation, a touch by you, a touch from you. I need, Lord God, you to come into my life. I can't save myself. Only you can help me. My carnal mind is hostile to in my natural, in my nature, I tend to turn away from what you want. And I tend to just do what I want to do. But I come today acknowledging that I need you in my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'd say, Pastor, I need to start a life with Jesus. I need to get my life moving in the right direction. I'd like you right now, please, if you're here, I'd like you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. Anybody else? Pastor, I need to start a walk with God. Just put your hand up. Put it down. I see you too as well. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. Just put your hand up. I see you as well, Sister. God bless you. And you, my brother. Anybody else? Anybody else? And pray for me, Pastor. What you said today spoke to me. You, you have a spiritual need in your life that God wants to touch today. Anybody else? Say, pray for me. I'm just going to pray for you. That's all. I see another hand. Anybody? And another one. And another one. And another one. And another one. God bless you. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. Put your hand up, put it down. Now, Father, I lift up before you everybody. Everybody's hand lifted, please. We come to you with these needs. Some are not even listed in these five. But there are needs that we have, and they drive us sometimes to a dark side. But I ask you in Jesus' name, as we say yes to the Holy Spirit today, come into our lives, change our life forever. We want to do like Nicodemus and start all over with you. Thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name. You died on the cross to free us, and we accept your forgiveness. And now we move towards you in relationship, believing that we'll be transformed as we grow closer to you. And everyone say, amen. The prayer starts it. The gun's been fired. So I want you to start today your new walk with Jesus. Here's what I want to do. I want to put something in your hand.